You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. Good afternoon, everyone. It's good to be together. If we haven't met before, my name's Tom, and I lead the team of elders here at Hope Church. And today is Vision Sunday. Today is Vision Sunday. We're going to be looking at what it is that we're about as a church and how do we respond to that vision as individuals and how do we respond together. The reason we have Vision Sundays from time to time is because vision leaks. We tend to lose sight of what it is that God has called us to. And we start to get all kinds of ideas about uh, what church is all about that really aren't what God has for us. And uh, if there's a Bible verse that perhaps epitomizes our vision as a church, then this would be a very good candidate. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 8, which simply says this, Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. We are very simply here for the fame of Jesus Christ. We're very simply, we exist as a church that the name of Jesus might be known and treasured and worshipped. There are many things that we could be about, but our priority, our vision, is that we will make Jesus famous in Ipswich and in the nations. That is what we're here for. We could be about simply being a nice, cozy club where we we, we look after each other. We could simply be about uh, some sort of social club where we pay in a membership fee and get some kind of benefits. We could be about politics and getting caught up in all kinds of debates. We could be caught up in just simply being do-gooders. None of those things would be what Jesus has for us as a church. We exist to make him famous. We exist that people would come to see him for who he is. As individuals and as a church, we live our lives in such a way that they point to Jesus. They point to him as the source of our joy and our hope and our peace with God. And we we want to see God do such a work in and through us as a church here in Ipswich that Jesus cannot be ignored that he cannot be deemed irrelevant, that he would do such a great work here in this town that people must take note, that people must sit up and think, what is going on? What is this all about? The reality in Ipswich at this time is that Jesus is by and large ignored, that he is by and large deemed irrelevant. There's some 150,000 people in this town, let alone the towns and villages that some of you may have traveled in from today. And maybe 5,000 people in Ipswich would call Jesus Lord. Maybe 5,000 people would honor him as their Lord and Savior. We have a great mission ahead of us. We're seeking the fame of Jesus in Ipswich and beyond. And here's how we're going about it. We are making Jesus famous through proclaiming the gospel, through raising leaders, and through serving our town. We proclaim the gospel. The gospel simply means good news. It's the good news that God has made a way. We've sung that he's the way maker, that he has made a way for us to know him, for our wrongdoing, for our mess to be decisively dealt with so that we could come into perfect relationship with him, our creator. That he sent his son, that his son lived a perfect life, that his son died a death on the cross that we deserved so that we could come to know God now and in eternity, that Jesus is coming back that he's going to wipe every tear from every eye. He's going to make all things new. That is the good news that we celebrate and we proclaim. And we do it on Sundays. Every Sunday is an opportunity for us to proclaim the gospel. As we sing in worship and as we share from God's word, we're proclaiming Jesus. We're proclaiming Jesus. And we can preach the gospel from every part of this book. 
even the bits before it comes to Jesus coming into the world. He's right throughout this Bible. He's right throughout the book. And we proclaim Jesus. And we're so excited that next week we are uh, restarting our series in the book of Luke in the Bible. And we're going to be in that book for a long time. And each week, an opportunity for people to come to see Jesus and who he is. And for those of us who already know him, to become, to be strengthened more and more as we look at him in his word. We're proclaiming Jesus on Sundays. We're proclaiming him throughout the week in our lives, in what we're doing in our workplaces, in our places of study, at the school gates. We're proclaiming Jesus. We're proclaiming good news. Good news. We should be good news people that actually share that this is great news, that we can know God. We do it on Alpha. I'm pleased to say that we had over 30 guests on Alpha on Monday night, which is incredible. And we're praying that many, many, many of those people will come to faith in Jesus. And there's still time, as Kirsten has said, for you to go. If you're thinking, I'm here, this is all a bit intense, I don't really know why these people are excited about this God they cannot see, go to Alpha. Learn about Jesus. Learn about who he is, what he did, why did he die? We proclaim Jesus on the streets. I'm now part of a WhatsApp group for the Everyday Evangelism Life Group, and I'm getting almost daily reports of people going on the streets in pairs, talking to people, praying with people, showing love to people, hitting the streets on Friday nights outside the nightclubs, giving out teas and coffees and hot chocolates and biscuits and loving this town and proclaiming Jesus. And you can still join that group. That's a great shameless plug from Ashley. Even if you're in another group, Ashley says, go for it. We proclaim the good news. God loves you and he's made a way for you. We're people who proclaim the gospel. We proclaim it in the ministries that we have that serve our town, which I'm going to touch upon in a little while. We proclaim Jesus. We proclaim the gospel. We delight in Jesus. This is how it works. We delight in Jesus. We center our lives on him. We worship him. And out of the overflow of that delighting in Jesus, we can't help but share him with others. That's how it works. At Christmas time, uh, just before Christmas, my son and I uh, went last minute Christmas shopping in Ipswich to buy uh, his mum a present and uh, we were kind of going through shop to shop, trying to work out what it is that we were going to get her. And uh, we got to the point where, and you, men, you probably understand, we, got, we hit the wall when it came to shopping. We hit the wall, and we, we hit something of a sugar low, and we were starting to get a bit grumpy. And I guess the word is hangry when you're hungry and angry at the same time. And we knew that we needed to get a snack. Uh, we knew that we were really going to collapse if we didn't get some kind of snack. And then, to our joy... In the distance, we saw two ladies dressed as giant digestive biscuits. And I thought, is this a mirage? Are we in some sort of desert here and I'm seeing things? And we approached these ladies dressed as giant digestive biscuits and said, why are you dressed like biscuits? And they said to us, there is a biscuit tasting competition going on in the town hall. And we hit the jackpot in a big way. We said, show us where these biscuits are. And we went around the biscuit tasting competition. We went around it about three times, I think. We had to really make sure we knew which was the best one. And we, we put in our vote. And Ipswich is going to get its own official biscuit very soon, by the way. Like Brighton has Brighton Rock, we're going to have an Ipswich biscuit soon. That's exciting, isn't it? And we put in our vote for which biscuit we thought was best. And listen, it was such a good time. It was such a timely intervention and so tasty that my son, over a month later, is still going on about it. And um, 
couple of nights ago, he said to my wife Sarah as he was going to bed, Mum, do you, do you know, me and Dad found this biscuit tasting competition. When we went into town, when we went Christmas shopping, we found these biscuits and they were amazing and he was going on about it. He delighted in the biscuits and he has no choice but to share it with everyone he meets. He needs everyone to know that we got free biscuits just when we needed them and they were amazing. There's something about that in us. When we are enjoying something, we cannot help but share it. So I went to watch 1917 on Thursday night, and it's a remarkable film. I, I sat there in my chair after shaking my head, thinking, this is an incredible film. And just all kinds of emotions going through my head. And almost just by instinct, I texted some of my friends after and said, you have to go and see this film. You have to see it. I put it on Facebook. This is an incredible film. You've got to go and see it. There's something within us, that when we are enjoying something, that enjoyment isn't quite complete until we've shared it with someone else. C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, he said, delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. To see a mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then have to keep silent because there's no one to share it with. We, we don't proclaim the gospel out of some sense of duty. You can meet people like that sometimes who feel they have to share uh, of, of their religion out of some sense of duty. I feel like I have to do this. This is what I've been told I have to do. No, we share out of a, of a delight in Jesus, We're delighting in him, and we want everyone to know how good he is. So we're making Jesus famous through proclaiming the gospel. And listen, we who believe, and that's many of us here, we need to hear the gospel proclaimed every week. We need to hear it for ourselves because it's as we take this good news to our hearts more and more that we are changed. That's how we change. As we take it in to our hearts, we understand it afresh. We understand what it means for our lives. That's how we change. That's the premise of our renewal course. Many of you have done the renewal course. We're going to be doing it again later this year where you get to understand how the good news, how this incredible gospel impacts our mess and our past and how it deals with those things. We need to know the gospel proclaimed to us. It's what makes us secure people. The world is crying out for secure people, for people who, who know who they are and whose they are, and who aren't forever trying to prove a point, and who aren't forever trying to prove themselves. It's the gospel, this good news, that makes us secure people. Secure in who we are in God. Secure vertically means that we can be secure horizontally. We can be secure in our community. We don't have to try and big ourselves up. We don't have to try and drag others down because we are secure in the gospel. So we're making Jesus famous in, it, in Ipswich and in the nations through proclaiming the gospel, and we're doing it through raising leaders. This is an epic task. If we're to be a large presence here in Ipswich, if we're to be a sending church where we see towns and cities beyond Ipswich and nations and continents reached with the news of Jesus, then we need to raise leaders. We need to, we need to make that our number one priority, investing in others and raising up others. We must do that. If we're to uh, look at what God has said over us as a church, and we look at prophetic words that we've received, we know that he's calling us to more than just Ipswich. And this is a big task in and of itself. He's calling us to towns and nations beyond Ipswich. 
Our, our family of churches, Relational Mission, has a vision to see thousands of churches planted in the next few decades. And we want to play our full part in that. And so we must give ourselves to raising leaders. We must give ourselves to investing in others. And we've seen in these past two years, dozens of people head on short-term trips to the mainland of Europe, particularly working with uh, Morris and his, the churches that he's working with. Today, we've got Tim Virgo and Dan Howard out in Frankfurt with the church plant there. In a few months' time, uh, Sheila Inns will be heading out to the Middle East again for a prolonged period, and we're praying for her. If you know her, speak to her, ask her how you can be praying for her. We can't share too much of her uh, situation from the front. We've launched Morris and Rachel Nightingale into a new season of mission whereby they'll spend two to three months at a time in different nations. They've just got back from the Netherlands. They're soon going to be in Germany for a long stint. We are believing God for him to use us to impact places beyond Ipswich. And even at this time, uh, Nick and Corey Oldfield are exploring in faith the possibility of moving to Stowmarket, where there's currently no long-term leadership team in place and we don't know how that's going to unfold, but what we're saying to God is, God, we are prepared, if you call us and prompt us, we're prepared to send of our very best to other situations. We're prepared to send of our very best to other towns and cities and nations. That's who we believe God is calling us to be as a church. We're believing for a large church and a sending church, and that's going to mean raising a whole lot of leaders and I'm not just talking about elders, of which we're going to need to raise more elders up. I'm talking here about kids team leaders, worship team leaders, life group leaders. It's going to mean raising up more people who are just great at building community. Some of you are brilliant at building community. You're just good at making people feel welcome and inviting them to things. We're going to need many, many more people who are good at that. We're going to need many more people for our hosting and welcome teams. We're going to need more spiritual mums and dads who just invest in people, who, who get alongside and encourage and uh, help disciple people. We're going to need more youth leaders. We're going to need more people with a heart for students. We're going to need more people to serve on visuals and on PA. We're going to need people in all kinds of areas of leadership. And... There's many ways in which we are seeking to develop leaders. Our life group's model is one in which people can develop as leaders. And we want to encourage you, if you're a member of this church, to consider, is God leading you to lead a life group next term? Maybe you've got a group in mind. Maybe you just think, that is the thing that's missing. I know that people would be interested in coming to that. We would love to hear from you. Please come and speak to us about that. And when the time comes for submitting new life group proposals, please do consider submitting one. We've training tracks in this church, in some of our life groups, but also beyond the church in our uh, relational mission family courses like the LEAD course. LEAD is a brilliant course where you can get grounded in great theology, where you can get leadership training. There's some time commitment to it. It involves some Saturdays going to different training bases to receive great teaching and great foundational stuff. We would encourage Many, many, many of you to go on lead. And again, if you want to do that, come and speak to me and I can give you more details on that. We would love for as many of you as possible to come to the call, which is happening in May in London. It's a missions and leadership conference for our whole family of churches. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of us gathering there. You, maybe you'd like to come to that. Maybe you think, well, I'm not a leader. Well, get out of your head for a moment. That leader just means elder because that's not true. We want to have 
dozens and dozens of people leading in, uh, in various different ways. And we want many to come to the call in May. Please, again, you can talk to me if you want to ask more about that, but the information is also on the website. Put simply, if, we, if we're to see God do a massive work here and beyond Ipswich as well, then we're going to need to give ourselves to investing in others. That's a call for all of us, to invest in others, to see others released into their full potential. And this is where we've got some news, some more news on the leadership front. So back in 2018, um, we preached through the book of 1 Timothy, and I mentioned to the church that we were looking at installing deacons at Hope Church, and uh, we'd recognized really that it's a biblical pattern, that when you look at the New Testament and you see the churches that were formed, there was both elders that were also called overseers or pastors, and there were deacons. There was elders who uh, were men who took the responsibility for guiding and guarding the church, and then there was deacons, men and women, who served in key ways to en enable for the church to flourish. And the word deacon literally means servant, and so if we were to uh, make everyone who serves in this church deacons, we would have about 160 deacons, which would probably be a little bit silly. And so we've considered looking at the scriptures some more. We've looked at uh, how deacons were appointed and what kind of people they were. This is the conclusion that we have come to as elders, that deacons at Hope Church are to be senior level leaders, men and women who are people focused in their ministry orientation, carrying meaningful weight in the church under the oversight of the elders. And today, we're, propo we're proposing our first wave of deacons. I say that because we are intending to appoint more deacons in the years to come. So we are hopeful that we're going to be appointing many more people. But these proposed deacons for this first wave are Jan Baker, Rod Bennett, and Esme Virgo. These three make up the pastoral care core team along with Tim Virgo, who, as you know, is one of my fellow elders. They're already a part of this team, and they're playing a key part in ensuring that this family on mission that we call Hope Church is well cared for. There's a wider pastoral team of uh, a few dozen people, and they'll be working with them to ensure that we're caring for each other well. And we're proposing today that we formally recognize them as deacons and pray for them on the 29th of March. So that's not very far away. Now, if you've got any words of encouragement for us, if you just want to say to us as elders, yes, these people are great, I love them, or this particular person, you just want to say, I think they're wonderful, or if there's anything we've missed, then we'd love to hear from you. Um, just speak to any one of us as elders. Our faces, our beaming faces are in the Life at Hope magazine. As I say, this is a first wave of deacon appointments. We would love to appoint other deacons in other areas of church life, perhaps in youth or in students and 20s, other areas also. And we also want to appoint more elders in the coming years. And over the last 18 months or so, we've had from time to time um, some men exploring eldership with us. And I'm sure that there'll be more in the future exploring with us. We, we know that in order to see God do something of quite some substance here at Hope Church and beyond, we're going to need to raise up elders also. So we're passionate about raising leaders at Hope Church, of people taking on responsibility, growing in their character, growing in their gifting. We want to raise leaders. And finally, we want to make Jesus famous through serving our town. We want to make Jesus famous through serving our town. We have a heart to bless this town. We don't 
You need to hear this. We don't take the heart of judgment towards this town. We don't look upon Ipswich with judgment in our hearts. That's not what we're about as, as Hope Church. We don't, look at Hope, we don't look at Ipswich with despair or dismay or disgust. No, we, we love it. We love Ipswich. We see it through God's eyes. And Jesus, when he looked at Jerusalem, his heart was full of compassion towards Jerusalem. He wept because he saw that Jerusalem was like, the city was like sheep without a shepherd. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, as he was eating with his friends, he got onto his knees and he washed his disciples' feet, their grimy, smelly feet. And he said, this is how you are to be as my disciples. You're to be servants. You're to have the posture of servants. And that's what we want to be as a church. We want to be a church that really serves the needs of this town. We want to look upon Ipswich with the eyes of God. And we're seeking to serve our town. We're seeking to serve our town through Hope Cafe on Thursday afternoons, which is really taking off in recent weeks. Many people just coming and finding community. We're looking to serve our town through our TOTS groups for parents and toddlers, which are so popular. And we want to serve these families in this particularly tricky time of life sometimes. We want to serve our town through our strong role in the Ipswich Soup Kitchen. We want to serve our town through Oasis, serving the elderly, through Make Lunch, providing hot meals to school children who cannot afford to have proper meals in the school holidays. We want to serve our town through our Christians Against Poverty initiatives, such as the Life Skills course, which is starting this term. We want to serve our town through joint church initiatives like Family First and Route to Freedom. We are seeking to serve the town. I hope I've made that clear. We want to be a positive influence in the town to demonstrate the mercy of Jesus. And that's, that's our heart behind the Hope Center. That's our heart behind this building that we're refurbishing. Our heart is to serve and bless the town. We're really excited about getting both services together, at least for a time. I don't know how long that's going to be for at this rate, but getting both services together to have pumping times of praise and worship, that's going to be amazing. But we're equally as excited about opening up this building, which everyone's seemingly talking about, and saying to the town, come on in. You're welcome. Jesus loves you. He loves you, as we heard from Roni. He loves you with this passionate love. We've bought a building that everyone is talking about. I was speaking at an Indian fellowship last night, and there was people there who I didn't know, uh, many of them there, and they were asking about the Odin. How's it going? What's happening? People, uh, people know about this building. People know about what's going on there. Almost every day, as Matt is locking up at the new building after a hard day's work, he's getting collared by people saying, when's it going to be ready? When are you going to be in there? What's going on? People are intrigued about what's happening there. This is a golden opportunity for us to radically change people's misconceptions about church, their misconceptions about Jesus, about Christians. And maybe you're wondering how things are going. Well, let me encourage you. Things are happening every day. Progress is being made. The work thus far has been a lot of stuff that doesn't seem that impressive. It's stripping out stuff. It's getting stuff ready. It's getting essential things in like heating, like air handling, like roofs and all kinds of stuff which doesn't sound very glamorous but in the months to come a lot of work is going to take place in the next six months huge transformation is going to take place we've got works lined up ready to start very soon 
and we're going to be updating you as we go as to our progress. We're going to be sending you as church members pictures and updates. Please do ask us. Please don't feel that you can't ask. We want you to ask if you've got questions or concerns, whatever it might be. We'd love to hear from you. You may have noticed we've got a for sale sign outside of our building, and you might be wondering, what's all that about? Are we going to be homeless? Let me reassure you, we're not going to be homeless as a church. We are, uh, we've done a great deal whereby we're going to receive quite a lot of money for our interest in this building and for the car park um, towards the end of March. And the deal will also allow us to stay in this building for as long as another year if we need to. So we can stay for almost no money, having received the, uh, the, the money for the sale. We can stay for almost next to nothing. We can stay here until the end of March next year if we need to. But we are confident, we are hopeful, we're prayerful that we will be in the new building before the end of this year. Please do pray for this project. Thank you for your patience. Thank you so much for your patience. It's taken a little longer than we anticipated, but we're so grateful for your ongoing faith and generosity. Speaking of generosity, we're going again with another offering in March, and we're just going to show you again this video that we've produced that just gives us some vision behind this. When we moved to Ipswich six years ago, we came carrying big dreams in our hearts what God would do in this great town. Even in our early days here, we saw that God was growing this family and we knew that it wouldn't be long before we would need to make more room at the table. Four years ago, we multiplied to two Sunday services and all the while we've been praying earnestly that God would provide a larger home for our growing family. God has continued joining people's hearts to us at Hope and has provided for us a landmark building in the heart of Ipswich. We've seen God do great things, but we really believe that the best is yet to come. We want to make Jesus famous in Ipswich. In all that we do as a church, we want to point people to him as the source of life, joy and peace with God. We want Jesus to be on the lips of the masses here, not seen as irrelevant or used as a curse word, but treasured for who he really is. And this new building is simply going to be for us a facility for doing more of what we're doing. We're asking that God would take what we're doing and multiply it greatly so that many will come to know Jesus. On the 15th of March, we're giving again into the refurbishment of the Hope Centre. And whilst our money might be going towards plasterboard and paint and PA systems, we find that as we give, our hearts are actually being tied more and more into God's heart for Ipswich. Because far from just being a storehouse for our family, we anticipate that in the Hope Centre, we will welcome many more to join our family at Hope. It's at the Hope Centre that we'll pray for and send out many leaders to serve in other towns and cities and nations as they respond to the call of Jesus. The Hope Centre will be a place of great blessing to our town, a place of refuge, a place to make friends, a place to receive support and advice in times of need, a place ultimately where people can encounter the love of Jesus. This church began about 30 years ago with four people praying in a living room. We're now some 450 people of all ages, some of the fruit of their prayers. It's tempting to think that we've arrived, but there's so much more ahead of us, thousands to reach with the good news of Jesus here and in the nations. So let's pray. Let's ask God to once again astound us with miraculous provision. Let's ask God what we can each bring in March over and above our regular giving. Let's ask for miracles. It's time to go again, trusting him that he's gonna ensure that we have all we need 
as we seek first his kingdom, as we seek to make Jesus famous in Ipswich and in the nations. Okay, who's excited looking at those images inside the building? Anyone? Just me? It's great, isn't it? So we're going for 200,000 in March. We're going again. Let's give outrageously in that offering. And uh, there may be some that feel actually, I, I'd like to give, but I'd also like to make a loan to the church. Maybe some here have fun, save aside for a rainy day later on in life. It might be that you feel that you may want to give a loan. That's one way in which you can, uh, you can contribute to this. We're going for grant applications. We've got several applications in uh, right now. Please pray that we have favor in that area. But as I say, we're going for it big time in March, and we're expecting, again, a miracle from God. We're, we're believing for a miracle uh, from God. So please do, at any time, feel free to ask us if you've got questions. We want to uh, help you uh, to understand what's all that's happening in the months to come. But it's an exciting year for us. So we're making Jesus famous in Ipswich and the nations. How do we land this? How can we play our part? Besides giving outrageously in March, how can we play our part? Well, I want to just share five things very quickly that mark members of Hope Church. Five things that if you are a member of Hope Church, this is something we do. This is our culture. Firstly, we show up. We show up. We come on Sundays. I met some people recently and they were new to church and they said, are you a kind of one in four kind of church? One in four Sundays kind of church? And I said, no, no, we're not. And they, what about two in four? I said, well, not really. No, actually. We're, we're a church that we, we, we show up. We come together. And yes, there might be holidays from time to time, there might be sickness, but we come. We come together. We give our all. We, we come early in order to welcome newcomers amongst us. We stay around afterwards to pray for each other and hang out and get to uh, hear how each other are doing. We give our all in praise and worship. We, we listen to God's word with soft hearts, open hearts. We show up. Secondly, we, we serve. We get stuck in. We get stuck in. We're not hankering after platforms or profile. We're as comfortable with a hoover in our hands as we are with playing the electric guitar. We're as comfortable playing Lego with a six-year-old as we are with praying on the microphone. We're, we're not all about being seen or being kind of valued on a stage. We are about serving. Where there's need, we say, how can I help? How can I help? How can I get stuck in? There are loads of teams to join. There are so many teams that we can, we can get involved with. And we say, how can we help? We put ourselves forward. We fill the gap. And maybe that's an action point for you. You might want to say, how can I get involved? We would love to hear from you. We'd love to help you get into a serving team. We gather midweek. I've heard one or two sort of bemoan the fact that we, we ask people to sign up for life groups. They say, well, it's a bit formal, isn't it? It's not very organic. It's not very, uh, it doesn't seem very kind of like the atmosphere of the New Testament. Sign up for a life group. There's life group terms and so on. Well, listen, we are not living in the first century where, where community could happen very naturally. And it does happen naturally. It does happen organically. And it's beautiful that it does. But we also have to in the busyness of our 21st century lives, we have to agree to turn up. We have to, we have to agree some things. We have to plan some things. We're not in small villages. In, uh, some of us might be, but not, not in small villages where we're bumping into people from the church all of the time. We're not in uh, such a slow pace of life where we might even do work with people that we're in church with. No, we actually have to, in the busy pace of life, plan some stuff and agree some stuff. So let me encourage you, get in a life group. 
Let me encourage you, sign up today. There's still time. Many of them will still with capacity. Find one, join one, go along. Go along. You will probably find that on the first week of your life group starting, you will feel very tired after work. And you'll think, I don't really fancy going along tonight. I think I'm going to just text and give my apologies. Push through it. Push through it. You will benefit greatly from being in a life group. You really will. Fourthly, we give. I am bowled over by the generosity of this church. We're, we're getting a reputation as a church of being crazy generous. These offerings we've had getting ready for the Hope Centre have been remarkable. They really have been. But I, I want to call some of you today to step up into regular giving. We have, I think, about 290 adult members at Hope Church. And we believe that only 50 to 60% of those members are giving regularly. And we would really just love to call you to step up into regular giving. The way that Sarah and I go about this is that we set up a standing order to Hope Church. That's why sometimes when you see the buckets passed around, you might think, no one's giving here. What's the deal here? Well, many people are giving by standing order so that their, their money goes from their account to the church at the beginning of the month. That's how we do it. The reason we do it that way is because we know that if we don't do that, then our giving is going to get squeezed out by everything else that we might do. It's going to get squeezed out to the point when we come the end of the month, we think we really haven't got much left to give. And so we have made it our practice to uh, give at least 10% of our income to the life of this church. And we make that our floor. We don't sort of look at that as a ceiling. We make that our floor, and we seek to grow in generosity year upon year. We look to review our giving, to think, is there some more that we can give? And I would really encourage you, if you're a member of Hope Church, or maybe if you're thinking, I'm heading towards membership of Hope Church, to step up into regular giving. For some of you, you'd be thinking, yeah, 10%, I do it. It's just a matter of fact to me. Some of you, you might be thinking, hang on a minute. This is, I've never heard of this before. What, wait a minute, what's he, what's he saying? Well, just for one moment, forget the whole 10% thing, which seems to be a biblical pattern for our giving. Start to give something regularly, would be my advice to you. Start to give something on a regular basis, whether uh, to, to, to lay it aside, to give into the buckets on a Sunday morning, or to set up a standing order, which is very helpful for you and very helpful for us as a church so that we can budget. Start to do that. It might be, initially, it might be 2% of your income. Then it might be five. You might look to grow in it, but start somewhere. And if you are a regular giver at Hope Church, please review your giving regularly. Look at it and think, well, I've had this pay rise. Could I maybe give a little bit more? Just think about that from time to time. Give it some thought. Because as we all play our part in this, we find that the church thrives. As we each play our part in this kind of giving, which is sacrificial, we find that the church can thrive. I'm, I'm not in any way after a pay rise. I'm not going hungry, but I am really hungry that as a church, we are able to step more and more into what God has for us in Ipswich, that we're able to give more into the ministries that we're running, that we're able to raise up other staff members or other initiatives so that we can lift up the name of Jesus. Maybe that's an action point for you today to even after lunch or over lunch think, okay, I'm going to look to start giving this amount of money each month to the church. Finally, we pray. We pray for our church. We pray for God's blessing on this church. I hope you pray for Hope Church. I hope you lift up this church in your prayers. We need to pray. It's by prayer that we will see God move mountains. He will move great things as we call upon his name. 
Jesus said, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. In that, he's saying, shut out the distraction, shut out the unbelief, shut out the noise, shut out the cynicism, shut it out and come before your Father in heaven who rewards you. He sees you praying in secret and will reward you for that. And it's when we're before God in that secret place that we start to believe all things are possible. When we shut out the cynicism, when we shut out the unbelief, we start to see all things are possible. That's what happens in prayer. We start to get a view of Jesus and his majesty and his glory, and we start to believe all things are possible. We start to ask big asks of him. We're asking God big things. D.L. Moody, the evangelist, lived a couple of hundred years ago. He said to his sons on his deathbed, if God be your partner, make your plans large. Listen, we know God is our partner. We're going to make our prayers large. We're going to ask him for big things. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment. If the band could be ready to lead us in a final song, that would be great. We're a praying church. We pray individually. We gather together and we pray. We make prayer and vision nights. We make our enough prayer evenings. We make them a priority. We shift things around so that we can be there. We can worship God and lift his name high and then make big asks of him. Should we stand together? I'd love to make some big asks of God and love you to help me in that. And we're going to sing as we close. Maybe you'd like to lift your hands to, to God if you feel comfortable doing that. Just as a way of saying, I surrender to you, God. I, I want to give you my everything. Lord Jesus, we are living for your fame. We're living for your renown. We're living, Lord Jesus, that thousands will come to know you here in this area. We're living that thousands would come to see you for who you are. We're living that thousands will come to know you in the different nations of the world where you will send us. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. And we say, Lord, we're sorry where we've, we've come with our own agendas. We're sorry when we've come with our own expectations. And we simply say, Lord, we're living for your fame and your renown. Lord, we want to see many set free. We want to see many come to know you. We want to see many come to know life in all its fullness with you, Lord Jesus. We want to see leaders raised up of all shapes and sizes, men and women who are fearless, trusters in you, men and women who will go wherever you call them, who will do whatever you call them to do. We want to see people raised up. We want to serve this town, Lord. We want to be like you, Lord Jesus. We want to be servants. Help us, Lord God, we pray. Would you stir people even now in this room? Would you stir people for different towns and cities? Would you stir people even for different nations and different continents? Lord, would you stir people now? Would you lay seeds in hearts that will grow and flourish in the years to come? Lord God, would you help us to trust in you all the way? Would you do wondrous things amongst us? Would we see 200,000 pounds completely smashed in, the, in March, Lord? Will we see it? Will we see it, Lord God, I pray? Will we see your church shining in this area, Lord God? Every church that loves your name, every church that loves your word, may they shine in this town, we pray. And God's people together said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.